Hello everyone, this is Jasmine. And I'm Blake Farha. And this is See You in Sleep County, the podcast in which we tell bedtime stories for adults, each of which is gently crafted from a journal entry from the journals that I've been keeping over the course of my life, and transformed into a story to bring you into a relaxed and somnolent state, to bring you off into the place we like to call Sleep County. We decided we wanted to allow people to support this podcast and support this beautiful budding idea by creating a Patreon. So if you'd like to support this little podcast in continuing to grow and to develop for as little as two euros a month, we'll give you a shout out in the opening credits of the podcast, in our social media posts, and in the descriptions of the episode for all new supporters of See You in Sleep County. For as little as five euro a month, we'll email you a PDF download of all the bedtime stories we've told this month so that you can pick up reading where you last dozed off. And you'll be entered into a raffle to win a free copy of my brand new book, Lost on the Way, a journal from the Camino de Santiago. For 15 euros per month, you'll get all of the benefits of the other tiers, as well as being invited to the Sleep County Town Hall, which will be a monthly Ask Me Anything with Blake and I, as well as a live reading So you're essentially getting an extra episode of Sleep County per month. And as well, you'll be invited to have a one-on-one interview with me, which means I'll take a little part of your life, a little moment, a little memory, and turn it into an episode of Sleep County so that you can really become part of the podcast itself. So if you're interested in supporting this podcast and becoming a part of Sleep County, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash see you in Sleep County and you can become a part of Sleep County and sit back and watch as it blooms right before your very eyes. And tonight's episode of See You in Sleep County is an extra special episode because rather than visiting my journals and the stories from my life, we'll instead be reading an excerpt from Lost on the Way by our very own Blake Faha. Blake, could you tell us a little bit about this book, about this project and how it came about? Absolutely, Jazz. Thank you so much for asking. Um, Yes, this is a very special episode because we'll be reading from a book that I've just recently published. It's my very first novel, maybe my only novel ever, but uh, I'm really, really, I have to admit that I take a a really special pride when I think about the fact that I'm a published author. It's um, something I've kind of always wanted to do, and it just kind of happened very organically. So what I published actually in 2017, in September and August of 2017, I set out on what is known as the Camino de Santiago, or the Way of St. James, which is a 500-mile trek all the way across Spain. It's an ancient pilgrimage, which takes pilgrims to Santiago de Compostela, which is a city where, uh, allegedly, the remains of St. James the Greater, one of the 12 apostles, uh, is buried. This is a really special pilgrimage, and it's, um, it's been going on, I think, for as long as, since as far back as AD 800. Yeah, so I embarked upon the Camino uh, in August of 2017 uh, for a lot of personal reasons. I thought it sounded really exciting and really fun, and also for a lot of internal reasons. I think there was a lot of, there was a lot of work that I needed to do, um, and there was a lot of, there were a lot of things that were going on with my mental health that I needed to check in with and to really try to get, get a grip on. And so I went on the Camino in the, in the hopes of finding some space to reflect and to think and to gain some perspective on what was going on and what's been going on really my whole life. On this journey, I started keeping a journal, and I kept a journal every single day uh, as a way of helping to filter the thoughts and filter all the noise that was going on up there and 
just to understand and process my experience a little bit better. And uh, when I was finished with the Camino, I read the entire journal while I was on, I think I was in a, a tiny city called Coimbra in Portugal, a very beautiful little university town. And I was just taking some time to stop and reflect and figure out how I was feeling about everything I just experienced over the last 30 days. So when I read the journal for the first time, I thought to myself, you know, I was really amazed at how much I had learned and how many lessons the Camino had taught me and how much fun I had had. And it was just a really beautiful experience. And I wanted to publish it right away because even though it was never meant to be public, even though it was never meant to be for anyone else's eyes but my own, I felt that I would be morally remiss in keeping all these sort of lessons and all of these moments and all of these learnings to myself. I know that not everyone will have the privilege to have 30 days to, you know, walk across Spain and, and have this time to themselves. Not everyone has the money or the freedom or the you know, lack of obligations or personal responsibility. But that doesn't mean that they aren't struggling with the same things that I've been struggling with my whole life. You know, um, depression, anxiety, low feelings of feelings of really low self-worth. And I thought that it would be an act of kindness for myself to publish this journal and give it to the world and let anyone who wants to read it and enjoy it and learn from it in whatever way they choose to have that opportunity. And so that's why I published it. And I've just recently published it um, through a small publishing house based in Wichita, Kansas. And I've also published the audiobook and the ebook. And the audiobook is narrated by yours truly as well. It's such a beautiful project. And I'm, I'm so, so grateful that you, as you said, chose to share this with the world. Um, I was very lucky to sort of see you in the in the lead up uh, to taking the the journey itself, and also when you came back and and since then I know you've read to me from your journal a few times, um, and it's it's such a beautiful insight into yeah not only as you said your outer workings but so many of your inner workings and I'm I don't know as a lover of of authenticity and vulnerability and connection and communication it's um, it's such a gift what you're putting out into the world and I, I really want to encourage you, uh, you listeners, to to check this out because I don't know, from maybe from the conversations that you've heard between Blake and I in the beginnings of each of these podcasts, you can see he's a very, very thoughtful person. And um, yeah, all of that that thought and that um, that self reflection really comes through in this in this book. So thank you, Blake, for putting this out into the world, for being so so vulnerable and so open and for yeah sharing your lessons with with other people as you said who might not have the luxury of taking the Camino but can learn something from your experiences. Yeah thank you Jazz and I think I owe you a, a great uh, debt of gratitude because you've been a massive support for me since the beginning since I told you I was thinking about publishing it since I read it to you for the first time you've always been such a huge support and you've always really encouraged me and in, in uh, the in the entire process and really Every time I was doubtful of whether or not what I was doing made sense, you know, I felt like I always received a message from you at the right time to remind me that, no, what I'm doing is a beautiful thing. And your encouragement has really meant a lot to me in this process. So um, if this book has been published, it's in no small way, thanks to you and uh, all the support you've shown me throughout the two and a half years it's taken me to publish it. Now it's almost three years now since I went on the Camino. So it's been nearly three years in the making. Oh, thank you so much for, for saying that, Blake. And I mean, I'm your biggest fan, I think, in, in so many aspects of your work. And 
truly i i adore your prose i think you have such a beautiful way of writing and i'm i'm very very happy that you're sharing that with the world um so maybe you can tell our listeners where they can find your book and yeah what to expect sure um yeah so you can find the book on the ebook and the audiobook are both for sale on amazon you can also find the paperback book and order it um through my publisher's website and you can find links to all of these through my instagram at blake farha um if you just click on my link there you'll you'll see links to all of these so whichever format you prefer you can get the book now <laughs> wonderful so once again the name of the book is lost on the way by blake farha and um blake maybe you can tell us what we'll be reading through tonight sure um so i think i'll just read through the first couple of chapters um the first few days on the camino the journal actually begins 6 days before i left for the camino and in that time i was already beginning a lot of the processing that was going on i was writing about a lot of my fears my concerns my reasons for wanting to go on the camino in the first place um but i think i'll skip those and just dig dig right in so i think we'll just be reading the first two or three days of uh the camino itself and my experience and how i was feeling and we'll just uh we'll just enjoy that ride together wonderful well i look forward to the journey as i'm sure i'll listen as too so for those of you listening at home I'm Jazz Maya. I'll see you in Sleep County, and I'll hand you over to Blake to read from his novel Lost on the Way. Thanks very much, Jazz. As we prepare for tonight's story, gently close your eyes and snuggle into bed. Allow yourself to find the position that feels just right. And when you found that perfect spot, nestled among the covers, take a nice slow deep breath letting the worries of the day drift away as you exhale imagine the air simply falling into your belly and your chest as you breathe in effortlessly and as you breathe out imagine the breath simply falling out of you again take a moment to feel the bed beneath you gently supporting your body release any tension you might be feeling starting with the muscles in your face one by one allow them to go slack let the muscles in your arms shoulders and chest relax now move your attention to your belly your lower back and let them just sink into the mattress release any tightness in your thighs your knees your calves and your feet and enjoy for a moment the feeling of total relaxation your body totally at ease and now tonight's story lost on the way A journal from the Camino de Santiago written by Blake Farha Day 1 Irun to San Sebastian 22 kilometers Monday August 21st 2017 11:10 a.m. Such joy finally and truly on the Camino de Santiago Last night I cannot express the relief I felt 
when a smiling, cap-wearing, mustachioed man greeted me at the door of the albergue from a block away. I must truly look like a pilgrim. Hola, he screamed through his snow-white mustache. Hallo, I responded, my subdued German greeting now my default. I'll have to remember to change that. Please tell me there's a bed with my name on it. Si, claro, there's a bed with your name on it. I couldn't believe my luck, and the relief I felt was instant and heavy. I bought a proper guidebook from the albergue, and before going to sleep, gave the seemingly insufficient guide I printed to an Italian I met, who had apparently left the house with everything, everything except his guidebook. I slept like a baby, apart from having to wake up a few times to change positions, another sign of my age. Apparently, lying in one position on a bed is now a thing which certain parts of my body, my hips and ass in particular, take as tantamount to a kick from a mule. This morning I departed after a very brief breakfast at 6.30 with Leo, the Italian to whom I gave my guide. I was glad to have him with me because I was worried I'd be unable to find the way out of the city. But there were little yellow arrows showing us the way. These ubiquitous little arrows, half a day into my trip, have already become happy little companions, each one so bright and individually sloppy, smeared across surfaces as varied as the lengths of their tails and the angle of their points. They pop out of nowhere, slapped on the back of a signpost, wiped across a railing, spread across a stone, and brightly beckon me forward. They remind me sunnily that the way is long, but I'm going the right direction, and that, even if they were my only companions, I'm not walking this journey alone. Today, I walked the entire journey with Leo, who walked at a good pace and also reminded me to stop every now and then. I have a tendency to walk as hard and fast as I can until I reach the end point. So it was lovely to walk with someone who suggested, for example, that we stop at a beautiful lookout point to write in our journals for a bit. He's light-hearted, friendly, and funny, and made a great partner. Sometimes we walked in silence. Sometimes we joked and laughed. It was very easy, and I was glad for the company after two days without having had a real conversation with another human, and for the chance to speak Spanish. I also found two walking sticks for which I know my knees are very grateful. I decided to name them, since we'll become very close, and named them Emil and Jennifer, after two of my best friends in Berlin. I know they're rooting for me in Berlin, so it strengthens my heart to have them metaphorically supporting me each and every step of El Camino. Between the sticks, the amethyst given to me by Alon, a stone meant to protect travelers, and the backpack I borrowed from Emma, I feel so much support from so many people who love me, and it makes me all the merrier literally carrying them with me on the journey. Something else that I've been carrying with me just about every step of the way is the Bee Gees. I listened to a podcast about the secret powers of music, and in it the hosts interviewed someone who teaches a class in CPR. According to him, it's necessary to pump the victim's chest 100 beats per minute. 
Obviously, not everyone carries a metronome in their pocket, so the CPR technicians had to think of a way to help people estimate 100 beats per minute. As it turns out, the song Stayin' Alive is 100 beats per minute, and it's something that everyone knows, so they teach their students to pump the victim's chest while thinking about that super groovy, incredibly famous bass line. That got me thinking. How can I be sure to set my own rhythm on the Camino? And I got to doing some math. 100 beats per minute times two and a half feet, my stride, equals 250 feet per minute. 250 feet per minute times 60 equals 15,000 feet per hour. 15,000 divided by 5,280 equals 2.84 miles per hour. Verdict? Too slow. So now when I walk, that song is pumping in my head, and I think of how groovy and confident they were in the video, and it speeds me right along to a faster stride of approximately 4 miles per hour. It also makes me feel closer to my mom, who would be thrilled to know that the Bee Gees are with me literally every step of the way. Today is only day one, and while I have a long way to go, today helped me to see that this journey is well within my reach. Today, I finally felt the confidence that, yes, this will be hard, but I can do it. And barring unforeseen circumstances, I shall. Only about 800 more kilometers to go. All my lovin', Blake. Day 2. San Sebastian to Zarauz. 19 kilometers. Tuesday, August 22, 2017. No time recorded. Today I woke at 5 o'clock and was out on El Camino by 5.30. It was a wonderful day. Climbing high into the hills on the west side of San Sebastián, I watched the sun rise up behind the hills on the east side of the city. It almost looked like the hills were on fire, the massive statue of Jesus atop the peak, only a silhouette against the morning light, looking down, hands open, watching idly as the blaze approached. I spent today walking alone, and apart from a few minutes and the time to have a coffee and tortilla in Ondia with two guys I met at the albergue yesterday, my walk was a solitary one, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I even found myself half-dancing and singing, staying alive in my highest falsetto. My therapist and I discussed this before I left. The hope that some solitude on El Camino would help me learn to truly enjoy being alone, to truly enjoy my own company, and understand that time with myself is as wonderful and enjoyable as time spent with others. Of course, now that I think about it, it's no surprise that I've always hated being alone and avoided it at all costs. The number of times I spend hopping from coffee with this friend, a beer with that friend, a film with that friend, a meal with that acquaintance, a Skype call with a family member back home, pushing that inevitable moment where I had only my thoughts to accompany me. Like a child, trying his hardest to delay his obligatory return home at day's end, where he knows his alcoholic father sits chain-smoking at the kitchen table, waiting to take his day out on someone smaller and weaker than himself. Who could ever love spending time alone with a self that knows only how to lash out angrily, irrationally, violently, 
relentlessly at the only victim who can't say no, who can't fight back. I finally am beginning to understand why alone time has always been so dreaded. I've always been the kind of company you come to expect from an abusive husband. I've spent a lifetime being so cruel to myself. This realization has literally brought tears to my eyes. It hurts to know how poorly I've treated myself, deeply, the way it hurts to know how much time one has wasted on an undeserving partner whose neglect and cruelty finally drove one out the front door, duffel bag in hand, stuffed with whatever physical manifestations of a life were within reach. But today marks an incredible turning point in that life I've lived, in that relationship with myself. My therapy helped me see who I was living with, showed me it was time to pack my bags and leave that undeserving version of myself behind. As I discussed with Michael, my therapist, this trip was that opportunity. Now freed from a relationship with myself that wasn't serving me well, to find a partnership with that side of myself that I give to everyone else. That smart, fun, happy, loving, caring, giving part of myself. And I believe today marked the start of that partnership. I don't remember even what I was thinking, but at some point early in the morning I burst into laughter, roaring belly laughter, and said out loud, Oh Jesus Christ, I am funny. I spent the rest of the Camino laughing, singing, dancing down the road, truly enjoying being with myself in a way that I don't think I ever have. Tsarauts is a small beach town with the largest beach in this region. Like yesterday in San Sebastián, the albergue is a stone's throw away from the beach, and like yesterday, as soon as we were given beds, I threw down my things, put on my swimsuit, and headed straight to the sea. The water is clear and reflects a glassy, frosty aquamarine. The waves today were incredible. Incredible. I haven't seen waves like this since I went to the mud festival in South Korea in 2010. They were massive, but not dangerous. Manageable, but threatening. The biggest danger being hurtled into a small child basking in the surf. I could hardly contain myself. Body surfing is one of my most loved activities in the entire world. There's nothing like it. I never stop. I'm like a dog playing fetch, still bounding while his master has long since tired of throwing. I dive with the waves time and again, and before I've even been deposited in the sand, hair draped over my face like a swamp creature emerging from the deep, I'm leaping back into the breakers digging into the water to propel myself against the tide, making every effort to snag each and every worthwhile wave. It is, for me, pure, unadulterated joy. I must seem like a man possessed to the people around me. I shout, I scream, I curse when I miss, and I laugh maniacally when I feel the wave lift me into its peak, and shriek with joy when I'm flung on the beach like so much jetsam and flotsam. I've been watching the waves roll in for the last hour as I write this, endless streams of Spaniards strolling along the stone promenade, partners, families, friends, seemingly unaware of the late hour on what is ostensibly a school night. 
It's been a joy to be a part of. A banging soundtrack including Brown Eyed Girl, Like a Rolling Stone, Mrs. Robinson, Anything You Want, Fire and Rain, and every other beachy hit in the genre. Locals singing in thick accents as they pass by, words a slur of poorly comprehended English, playing from the terrace bar where everyone is drinking. It has truly been difficult to keep myself from jumping into the sea and continue catching waves. If I were more certain Spaniards were as okay with nudity as Germans, I'd go in naked. But I keep reminding myself, I must try to rest and save some energy. I have a long road ahead, and a left knee which is almost certain to give me gradually more trouble as the journey continues, and potentially for a long time after. I realized today that I have passed that age where aches and pains, coming and going, is a given. I've entered the realm of crossing certain beloved activities off my list of hobbies due to physical maladies which I bestowed recklessly upon myself back in that era when I could still take my health for granted. I have to return to the albergue before the doors shut at 10 p.m. I hope the waves have worn me out enough to sleep. I'm sleeping very poorly waking every hour. If not, no bother. Tomorrow starts at 5 a.m., and the Camino to Deba awaits. All my lovin', Blake. Day 3. Zarauts to Deba. 23 kilometers. Wednesday, August 23, 2017. 10.15 p.m. The life of the pilgrim is very simple. Wake, walk, wash self, wash clothes, wait, sleep, repeat. I suppose it's this simplicity that makes it so beautiful, that makes the pilgrim open himself or herself to new thoughts and new people. There's really nothing else to distract you from the people you meet along the way and the things that pop into your head. This simplicity truly lightens the spiritual load on the heart. Travel, for all the ways in which it is glorified, is actually quite stressful. There's always a bus to catch, or a flight to get to, or an item that might be robbed or luggage to be lost. But on the Camino, these burdens don't exist. I have nothing worth stealing unless there's a rogue thief with a dirty sock fetish roaming the Camino. There's no transport to worry about missing unless your feet might wander off without you. There's no need to worry about getting lost unless you never learned how arrows work and what they mean. There's nothing to do but walk and nowhere to be except on El Camino. Such simplicity is a rarity and such prolonged simplicity is unheard of. The only real concern is how to fill the time between arriving at the albergue and crawling gleefully into your sleeping bag. And frankly, I found that time incredibly easy to fill. Firstly, everything takes much longer than usual. Body and mind arrive to the albergue so worn down that neither is functioning at more than 60% capacity. Everything is done slowly, carefully, in a sleepy daze. It's only after I find myself stopping for the third time in the middle of a task to ask myself, wait, what was I doing? That I think I realize how tired I am. It's only when I realize that what I was doing was looking worriedly for one of my items 
each a precious tool vital for my journey, which I had in my hand the whole time that I actually realize how tired I am. The sloth-like movements of life between arrival and sleep still find a rhythm, a ritual, a routine. Humans love routines. So, after arriving, washing, I still have so much I want to do before bed. Meditate for 10 minutes. Tai Chi for 30 minutes. Walk around and explore the city for a bit. Write in my Camino journal. Pride and gratitude journal. Swim in the ocean. Talk to people. Edit and organize my photos. Slowly enjoy a well-deserved beer. It's a struggle to get it all in, but what a beautiful struggle it is. Literally fill your day with things you love. Every day, for 35 days. What a pleasure. What a series of simple, sweet pleasures this journey is. Today was a hard walk. The road was the easiest yet, but I was feeling weak and tired after five days of fairly intense travel and as many utterly sleepless nights. Still, it was a wonderful day. I feel so open and free to be myself. I stop and meet everyone I pass. I know the name of so many people I pass or meet in the hostel. I'm beginning to lose that anxiety that has gripped every social interaction for so long. The need to dampen my personality for the benefit of the people I encounter feels left behind in Irun, along with my desperate desire to please and make people love me. I'm beginning to wear my skin comfortably, confidently, compassionately. This is who I am. I hope you like it. If not, I won't apologize, but I understand and I invite you to seek a more fitting interaction. This is who I am, and it is who I am going to be, because it is who I desire to be. And in spite of this unapologetic approach to being myself, I've never felt more warmly received or more genuinely appreciated. So, how many names did you get today? I was asked. Do you know everyone on this Camino? I was asked. I'm beginning to feel like I do and I'm beginning to allow them to know me, just as I'm beginning to really know myself. I bought a knee brace today and cured my first blister. The Camino is difficult, and everything hurts, from my feet, to my hands, to my shoulders. And it is really a joy. I have to remind myself to write about a lesson in compassion I was given today. I swam in the gorgeous water on Deba's tiny beach for a solid hour and drank three beers with Olivia, a Hungarian woman my age, with whom I'll attempt to walk 31 kilometers tomorrow for the chance to sleep in a monastery in the hopes of wearing myself out so I can sleep. I'm the last of the 50 people in this albergue still awake. I pray I can finally sleep tonight. If not, El Camino will be waiting for me at 5 a.m. anyway. I can't wait. All my lovin', Blake. That was an excerpt from Lost on the Way, a journal from the Camino de Santiago, written by Blake Farha. If you're still awake, I hope you enjoyed the story, and I hope you're feeling rested, relaxed, and ready for a night of beautiful slumber.
Thank you so much for listening to tonight's story and joining us for another episode of See You in Sleep County. There will be so many more to come, so stay tuned for another episode next week. If you enjoyed tonight's story and would like to read more of Lost on the Way, you can find a link to the ebook, the paperback book, and the audiobook which I narrate on my Instagram page, at Blake Farha. Thank you so much once again for listening. I'm Blake Farha, and I want to wish you a good night, sweet dreams, and I'll see you in Sleep County.